Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Under the Covers, presented by No Easy Buckets. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob, back again with Mike and Clay. What's up, guys? What's going on, brother? Just waiting, waiting to hear some of Mike's picks this week. We're riding with him. Always riding with Money Mike. Um, yeah, guys, so last week um, was uh, official week one. We had the week zero test run with everything. Last week was just a full Saturday of sitting on the couch or being at the bar. Um, some, some fun stuff. Uh, both our teams, uh, you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, it came out with wins. But what kind of uh, recap and, like, your picks and everything and records from last week, what happened? Well, I'll start with uh, at least, I guess, taking the lead off of Clay. Not to – you know, Thursday night was good to me. Max's was fun. I had a good time with the gang. Um, Tulane definitely surprised and uh, took full, full – um, advantage of that overtime and got a little bit lucky there but overall I was pretty happy with with the games Texas obviously we'll go over that in a minute but that was the only disappointment of the week really because I put two picks on that one game but it was a fun weekend so I'm glad uh glad we started off on a positive note I had a rather disappointing two and three weekends last weekend we lost about half a point with Wake Forest going into overtime Knew as soon as we went to overtime, it was going to be a six-point game, so we lost that bet. But, you know, went against the under in a high-scoring game on Saturday mornings. You learn from your mistakes this week one. But, you know what they say about week two? That's when you get it back. So, this week we're going 5-0. and You know they like say it. every week two is when you get it back. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, Michael a little over 500. You right there, Clay. So, easy to dig out of it this week. Uh, you know, we're still making money here. Um, uh, but yeah, we wanted to, before we get into the picks for this week, we kind of wanted, there's a couple of topics that were heated in our group message, uh, and just kind of, you know, topics around, around the college football world. Um, one of them, you know, we touched on it a little bit last week was, uh, the Shea Patterson experience week one with, uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan as they went, uh, went into Notre Dame and, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't too happy for Shea. It didn't end well, we'll say. I'll start with our favorite Big Ten quarterback, Shea Patterson himself. He uh, he led the Wolverines into South Bend. Very good Notre Dame team. Shea looked decent at times. I mean, he finished with a stat line of 20 for 30, 227 yards. No TDs, one INT, but a passing rating of 123.6, which in all honesty is probably his best ever against not a Power 5 team since it's Notre Dame, but the equivalent of a Power 5 team in his career. But he came out of third with cramps. Dylan McCaffrey had to go in and play. He just looked like a deer in headlights at times, and the, and the offense looked timid. I know that's been Harbaugh's downfall since he's been there, but I, I still don't know if they found their guy. They'll probably beat up on whoever they're playing this week. I think they're playing a really bad team this weekend. They're playing uh, Western Michigan, so not a great team, not a power five, so Shea will probably eat them up. But don't look for them, that Michigan team to go better than eight and four with Shay Patterson running. Yeah, I would. I would think uh, Western Michigan could actually cover that because Michigan could never cover, apparently. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't watch the game at all. I get. I didn't really get to see it, so I'll take your word for it, Clay. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harbaugh's really on a tight string now, so we'll see how the rest of the season goes for him. Yeah, that's kind of what um, – I mean, people were chatting about that this summer, about Harbaugh and, like, whether he was on, you know, thin ice or whatever. And 
I'm, I'm from the mentality of like uh, with, with college coaches like that, of that stature. I mean, you kind of, I don't think one or two bad seasons or one or two mediocre seasons should, should determine them. I think Harbaugh is kind of the name you want there and can build the program. He just haven't ha- hasn't had the QB. People thought Shea Patterson was the QB. We'll still see, but I mean, still the media pressure is, is what it is. And Michigan wants a winner. And like you said, eight and four seems kind of like what Shea Patterson's ceiling is with that team. You know, especially if they don't really have any weapons, uh, you know, in the backfield or in the, you know, I mean, he has better, he had better receivers at Ole Miss. So, I mean, I don't know if, uh, what even, what even close? No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that game, it was, I had it up because it was on the same time as the Mississippi State game and I had it up on my iPad and it was just kind of slow. I mean, there wasn't, I mean, Michigan, Notre Dame's quarterback didn't even look that well either. He just kind of was scrambling around and had some, broken play uh pass long passes that really were the only thing that they had so i don't know if either of those teams they'll probably one or two of them will probably be at the top of the standings for the latter you know the greater part of the year but i don't think either of those teams are going to challenge for the playoff so um uh but then another game that kind of let off the uh let off the saturday same as last year was uh texas and maryland who uh maryland went into austin and won last year herman's first year you know, they kind of gave him a pass on that. Um, but then this year, they were still double-digit favorites. Texas ranked back in the top 25, still lost. Like, what is Tom Herman doing? It, like, Texas, it seems like a fraud at this point. We, we warned Tom last week on the pod if he listens. I'm not sure if he uh, has a subscription or not. But we told him if he lost on Saturday morning, that seat was going to be awfully hot come Sunday. And I think it was hot. They're just – they're not good. I, I don't know what else to say, but Texas should be better. That's all. I, I just feel like Texas should be better. They had spurts of, uh, you know, digging themselves out of the hole they got in Saturday, and that storm really did kill their vibe from what I saw, at least the delay. But no excuse. You can't lose to Maryland twice as a new upcoming, you know, highly paid Big 12 coach. And, you know, that's the second team that Maryland has beaten twice since 2011. So they've and the other team was uh was it Rice? R- Rutgers, Rutgers. 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 Okay. Rutgers. Okay. Same thing. Both horrible. <laughs> well, I think too like you see this team like a team like Texas like when this when this back when this home and home was scheduled probably 5 or 6 years ago. I mean, you don't first of all Texas is assuming they're going to win both of them even though they were kind of in a down period. But, like, the worst-case scenario in these out-of-conference games where you're playing another Power 5 team, you're like, okay, win on our home turf, win on – you know, like, we're going to swap. We're going to go back and forth. But to a mediocre Big Ten team, you lose in both games. And, like, Maryland, are they – they may not even be a bowl team. So, like, what are you – like, Tom Herman, like, that's what I was saying. The the boosters were typing up emails early on Saturday uh, to the uh, to the athletic director. You You better believe it. I wonder if we could uh, – out of how many home-and-homes non-conference Texas has scheduled since, say, let's say 2000, that they've lost both of them. I, I would be willing to bet they – outside that Charlie Strong area, that probably never happened. Probably not. I mean, I don't even know if they did it with him because I don't remember them playing really anybody anybody uh, big um, out of yeah, conference. I don't think they did then. No, I mean, and you have to think about it. Like, they're, they're, like even Maryland, like, that's not even a team that – that's the type of team they would schedule, you know, a team that 
odds are you should win every, 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 you know, both games against them. They're not scheduling like an Auburn or a Washington or a USC or something like that. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we, I did read the article earlier, as I mentioned before the pod started that, um, saying that it, uh, Tom Herman has to take over play calling duties. Now it's kind of like a last resort. And it all kind of shocked us when I, when I posed that question, because we all assumed he was still calling plays since he was the offensive guy at Ohio state. That right there in itself is kind of worrisome. Like, why hasn't hasn't he been calling plays this whole time? It doesn't make sense. You would figure Tom Herman, longtime OC at Ohio State before taking over at Houston, would call the plays. But I don't know if they don't have a pastor there for him to run his system. But if you're going to get the blame come Sunday morning, you might as well be calling the plays on Saturday afternoon if you're going to get the heat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean – you might as well be the, the you know, the end-all, be-all for that. Um, there was one other game uh, on uh, – well, actually, it was on Sunday that we wanted to chat about. It was uh, LSU-Miami. Um, you know, LSU won it pretty easily. Uh, Miami made a run at the end, but, you know, LSU was up 33-3 to in the first half, I think. They didn't really do anything in the second half. But they jumped 14 spots in the poll. They're, like, number 11 now. They were number 25. You know, it was questionable that they were ranked when the season started anyway. Um, and then now to be like right outside the top 10 with, you know, with only playing one game, I think it's kind of ridiculous, especially since Miami's a little overrated, but did anybody take it? I know it was on Sunday, so it wasn't much else going on, but did anybody take anything away from that game as far as, you know, them being an SEC team that we didn't predict to be in the top, probably two or three or you know, three or four in the West. Rozier is a joke, at least from what I could tell. He had a bad game. Their offense looks sloppy. I, I think, well, the combination of that, the penalties, and then LSU actually playing with some fire. Um, Kansas, I mean, LSU really did start off with, you know, punching them in the mouth first and keeping the uh, foot on the pedal the whole game. So, really, I think Miami got shell-shocked by that, and that's when LSU just rolled through. But, I mean, LSU didn't make mistakes, so that's why they won. We got to just give credit. Where to do, because we, we didn't think he would have a job four months from now. But shout out to Ed Orgeron for getting that team ready and winning a non-conference game that he had to have. It's a Miami team that started 10-0 and last year. Still was never in the playoff rankings because everybody knew they were a fraud, which they were. Now they've lost four in a row. Is Joe Burrows, is he serviceable? We don't know yet. He did it on Sunday night. Then he wore a Deladova shirt on his interview on Tuesday. So maybe he's the GOAT. Maybe we don't know yet. Maybe. Brissett looked good. I'd say that Brissett looked good of anybody on LSU. Yeah, I mean, Miami's defense was supposed to be kind of their, you know, strong suit from last year. They had some some good recruits there. But, yeah, I mean, they ran pretty easily on them in the first half, and Burroughs just kind of managed the game, which is what you want from an LSU QB. I mean, like, especially a, I mean, a freshman, right? So, I mean, I mean, he didn't show no, me – He's an Ohio State transfer. Oh, he's a transfer. That's right. That's right. He didn't really show me anything, you know, against them that would make me think he could go win them a game, in like the SEC especially. Well, you never know. Maybe that was the game plan. Maybe they knew they were going to be able to just – or maybe early on it just kind of dictated that he didn't need to do much. But I just don't think – I mean, you know, shout out to Mike saying that Ed Orgeron had to make some, some uh, important calls to win the game, and I guess he did. I mean, running it up the middle with his guy. But – you know, I, I, nothing really – they're definitely not the number – they're 11th best team in the country. That's the thing. Like, they're, they no, didn't show they're me that. 
Miami was overrated. It's still a good win on the resume. Like it'll, it'll still point back to this and, you know, in a month or two, but it's like, that's, that's a little, that's, that's just, you know, LSU hype for you. So, um, uh, but anyway, so now we want to jump into, uh, this week's, uh, anything else y'all want to talk about from last week before we jump into the, uh, the bets. Khalil Tate, Russia TD count number one. He got one last week. He's getting two more this week. Do you I, have I thought they only ran him eight times. That's criminal. What? Isn't it uh, – what's his name from A&M, the coach out there? Uh, yeah, Sumlin. Sumlin, yeah, Sumlin. Yeah, Sumlin. He, he must have not been showing his hand, but you got to yeah, run so. that boy. I would imagine that, that, that his number just goes up from this. I mean, that's probably the lowest number he'll have all season. Tell him to bring me my money. Yeah! All right, let's get into the picks for this week. Mike, you lead us off. Well, it's Homer, but I got to roll with it. The Mississippi State Bulldogs at Kansas State, 11 o'clock kickoff. I'm taking the Bullies minus nine and a half. It's deadly climbing, by the way, as well. Could end up at 13 by the end while it's said and done. But Kansas State, they struggled last week. And this may be a knee-jerk reaction, but I still believe they're a big favorite. Uh, but Kansas State lost or barely came back down 14 in the fourth quarter, had to rally against South Dakota. I did not say South Dakota State. I said South Dakota, 23-and-a-half uh, point favorite at home. But, you know, obviously barely squeaked by. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, this new offense, well, fresh Nick Fitzgerald, didn't play last week, but I'm very confident with Keaton, even though he had like seven touchdowns last week. But bullies have covered six out of the last nine. Uh, rushing attack is probably the best part of Kansas State. But if we all know, D-line of Mississippi State has at least two first-rounders. Um, it took an 85-yard punt return touchdown for the Wildcats to stay in the game last week. So they got off of a special teams, you know, fluke. But I'm taking the dogs to win at least double, uh, two touchdowns. So that's my take on it. <clears throat> We riding with the bullies on this one with you, Mike. This is my first pick as well. Like you said, Kansas State had to score 15 straight fourth quarter points at home. 85-yard punt return with 11 minutes left. If they go three and out on that drive, it's pretty much ball game. But Kansas State offense struggling with an identity starter. Alex Delton went five for 14, 91 yards a pick, 18.3 QB rating. They played some second-string guy named Skylar Thompson. He actually looked serviceable, 8 for 14, 61 yards, one touchdown and one pick, 76.3 QB rating. So we'd expect Skylar Thompson to get the start this weekend. But like you said, he's got the two big beasts coming across the line for him in Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. Nick, Nick Fitz is ready for a senior campaign. He's got to make up for lost time. Kansas State allowed 257 yards through the air to the Coyotes from South Dakota. I'm, I'm still a believer in state as a program as a whole, beating up on bad teams and not winning big games. I, I still think even with Mullen gone, that's their identity. I think they could win on the road in, in Manhattan by three touchdowns, but we're laying the nine and a half. We're winning by at least two touchdowns. I like it. And just so you know, the point spread, um, the action network power ratings, um, came out they said it could hit up to 13 Mississippi State like I said but 
uh, some other report came out that said if this was on a neutral site, the bullies would be 27 and a half point favorites. Whoa. So just we should meet them in the middle and play at Little Rock. I mean, might as well. That's crazy. That's a nice stat. 27 and, um, and a half would be wild for a, you know, power five uh, out of conference game. And Clay and I are doubling down on Kansas State under. The total's 54, so we're looking at 21 and a half, 22 for them. Probably 22 and a half if we're, if we're lucky. We'll take the under. Now, right now we get it at 22 and a half. We'll take that. We don't all day. We do not see him scoring that. No, I mean, I was I was a little bit scared of the Kansas State game uh, early, you know, in the off season, just because that's a Kansas State's a perennial team that just beats you at a night game at their place, you know, whether it's a Thursday or Friday night, you know, only game on ESPN. I was a little bit worried from that perspective, being Moorhead's first year, second game of the season, you know, Fitzgerald obviously his first game of the season, but after seeing them the way they played against South Dakota, I think nine and a half is kind of you have to, you know thank the lucky stars for that one because that's that, that's a low number for the, what we saw last week putting it up against each other. So, I mean, I think, you know, uh, Sam, or Stephen F. Austin probably beats South Dakota, you know, if they play each other. So, I think you know, if you use that metric. But, but yeah, so nine and a half, uh, you're taking them, Mike, at uh, nine and a half to state to cover. and uh, Mississippi. Yeah. Don't forget, there's there's two states here. Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi State to cover. Um yeah, Clay. What was your uh, what was your game one for this week? I, I was rolling with Mike there on state. We're we're big believers in that one. Oh yeah. Well, what's your uh, what's up next on your uh, your five? In keeping in the theme of going against the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy, we're going Central Michigan at home minus four and a half against the Jayhawks from Kansas. So this week we're riding against Kansas. The whole state doesn't matter if you're a Wildcat or a Jayhawk. Central Michigan last year at Kansas early in the year won 45 to 27. Already beat them by 18 last year. They get them at their place this year. Central Michigan played. They lost by 15 last week to – they lost by 15 at Kentucky. Excuse me. Sorry. They were down one at the half, so they were down 21-20 at half. Just didn't score in the second half. But look for them to bounce back this week. Kansas lost at home in overtime to Nickel State 26-23. to so this Kansas team is just not good. They've already lost one of their games that, that was their win. So at this point, they're looking at about a 1-11 season. Just do not see them going up there. We got the line at four and a half. It's already shifted to five. It'll probably be closer to six by game time. But we're riding with Central Michigan on this one. Absolutely 100% on my list. I was looking at that funny. I was like, that should be a 14 probably. <laughs> but, I mean, it was Nickel State. Kansas lost to. Yeah, that's and very small, small school in Louisiana. Is Ronald Ollie right? still enrolled? Maybe. He is. Um, he played on Saturday, him and Alton. Yeah. There we go. Kansas, Kansas has only covered four out of their last 13 games. Central Michigan's uh, covered six out of the last seven. This coach, I mean, the whole Kansas program's getting evaluated as we speak. I mean, I would not be surprised if Kansas. Uh, Coach got canned by the middle of this year. He's three and thirty-four in three seasons. Um, Sounds like Hugh and, Jackson. Yeah, and Central Michigan they had four turnovers last week and still lost. You know they still hung around with Kentucky for a long time, but four turnovers they could have won that game. Yeah, they should. 
They're a good team. I mean, I think, yeah, them being favored over a Big 12 team is ridiculous. But, I mean, it's Kansas. I mean, they're they're only in the conference for their basketball team. Um, so, uh, Clay, you were taking uh, Central Michigan to cover the four. Uh, so were you, were you, so were you, Mike. And then uh, what's we got about four, four and a half. For four, and half. four and a half. Four and a half. Yep, gotcha. I got them at four, so big win. What's, uh, what's the line right now? Is that the current line? It's at five right now. Okay, so that may be if people are listening to this, like you know, kind of still same, you know, listen, you know, it's the same thing. That's what we're. Uh, I don't think the the one point changes anything. Um, but yeah, next up for you, Mike. Uh, what was your next game? We're going to Annapolis. We got Memphis at Navy, and we have Memphis with a six and a half point uh, favor on the road. And I will go back and say that on this first episode we had I, I was kind of uh bearish on the tigers but after uh you know looking at this past week i saw some things to just change my mind here so we're taking tiger high at navy uh navy allowed 413 yards last week to hawaii turns out hawaii has a pretty decent throwing game and we all know memphis does as well they had 750 yards last week in offense i mean it was mercer but they almost had a thousand yards and they could have easily gotten that. Um, so I think we we got a nice over on our hands probably. However, I just think that Navy they've covered the past three years against Memphis. I think Norvell's due. Brady White's going to throw all over them. And I think uh, with Navy, with the run game they got, I don't think it's going to be enough to match up to what the Tigers got. So we're giving them seven. Sorry, I just realized I was on the mute button for a second, but I, I did like that Mike's finally starting to roll with the hometown Tigers. Yeah, go go with your take on the Tigers. My bad. It was a little bit of static. I didn't know if we were losing <laughs> losing you or not. You're good. This these Memphis uh, telephone lines are getting us, but yeah, we like the Tigers there. But Navy has had their number. I know they have a new coach, but Navy's always had a knack for the Tigers. A lot of people seem to be big on the over sixty nine. So I don't I don't know what you want to dabble with there, but I like the play. I'm not going to roll with it, but I I do find it interesting, and I hope the Tigers can win by seven. Yep. And what was your next game? Next on the board, we have Georgia South Carolina under 57 and a half in this game. Big early season SEC East matchup. Probably the one of the best games on the board this week for a relatively weak slate. Last two games these teams have played, Georgia's won 24 to 10 and 28 to 14. So both of those would would greatly be under. They, Georgia's won three straight in this series. Georgia's looking to take control of the East. I think it's a huge defensive matchup between Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. I'm looking at somewhere around the 27-10 Georgia or 31 to 10 Georgia line. I think Georgia's just too good for him, to be honest. I don't think Jake Bentley can win on the road in a Georgia environment this early in the season. So we're going under 57 and a half. Let's play some defense. Not bad. I won't, uh, I won't go against you on that one. Um, both teams, you know, they do have a slower – it's like an Alabama LSU-esque type thing. Not going to score a lot. Going to look defensively strong on both sides. I'm staying away from it, but I like the call. Yeah, and so it's in uh, it's in Columbia, actually. I think um, it is. Yeah, it's a uh, 
So it's home game. I think there's a little bit of like friskiness that you could see with South Carolina. I mean, I don't think, I mean, Georgia's not, you know, close to them as far as what I think the season's going to end up, but I think you could get a little frisky first half or like you said, you know, 24 to 10 or something like that. So, but I don't think there's much to worry about. I think Georgia is just too fun. I mean, they're kind of like Alabama East and I've heard multiple people on TV refer to them as that, is that they're getting to a point, I think, where you're just, they're not going to get beat unless they get beat by like, Bama or a, a fully stocked Florida team or somebody down the line, you know, like an Auburn or something like that. So, you know, they're, they're, they're moving into that territory where they don't really have to worry about these games much more than just the other team covering. So, um, uh, but yeah, so Mike, what's next up for you? I got Clemson at Texas A&M. Clemson's 11 point favorite. And I love, love, love this pick. Um, yes, I did. I did take Texas A&M on the under seven and a half win total for futures. Um, this is the first loss we had on the books here. I mean, a double digit, double digit dogs are hard to follow or not. I mean, favorites, I guess you would say college station is not going to be able to handle it coming in Uh dual quarterback set. They got Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant, both look really good. A&M defense, we all know, has been a little bit shaky over the past couple of years. Uh, the best thing they got going right now really is Travion Williams, who's going to get the ball a lot. But, I mean, like Mississippi State, Clemson's got one of the top defensive lines in the country. On top of that, the Aggies O-line isn't that great either, one of their weakest spots. And I think Clemson exposes that off the gate. Look for it to get high early and taper off, but Dabo's getting it. Dabo versus Jimbo once again. <laughs> Dabo yeah. versus Jimbo in week two. Yeah, but that's that's a headline think, right there. I think it could go honestly either way. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson won by twenty four and, and just kind of controlled the game from the get go. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just won a ten point game. So well early season matchup on the road against power five opponent. Not gonna touch it, but I do I do respect the pick, Mike. That's yeah, so did you uh, – That I like the I like what they did with the dual QBs last week because, I mean, I think Lawrence is too good to keep um, – you know, to just play one guy. You know, I don't think you can just go with Bryant. Um, he, he did the job last year, but I think uh, you got to get Lawrence those snaps too. Do you, think, do you think it goes the full season with this dual QB or do you think that somebody just, you know, holds on to it for the latter part of the season? I think they'll – do the same strategy next couple of weeks, but I think once it gets into deep conference play, they're going to have somebody there. But I still see them doing this as long as it works. I mean, when it stops working, that's when you got to check it up. But mm-hmm. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I think they'll roll with it for four weeks now that we have the uh, new four-game redshirt rule. So I think he'll, uh, he'll get some minutes for four games, and then they'll probably go Kelly Bryant. And if he can, if he never gets hurt, then they probably won't play him to keep the red shirt on uh, Trevor Lawrence because the kid's gonna be something special. That's true. That's true. The for that red shirt rule changes a lot of stuff with uh, the way you can play those freshmen and stuff. You know, it's pretty. You know, I haven't heard it mentioned with Jalen Hurts this year, which I mean, it hasn't. I guess that applies to him too. Where if you know, after the first two or three games, if it's like he's not getting the playing time that he wants, he can just tell, you know, Nick that he's he's good to go and, and save that season and go somewhere, already get a head start on the transfer. So 
something to, and, and as far as the, I know we touched on it early in the season, those Heisman odds, you know, if somebody like Trevor Lawrence ends up, you know, winning the starting job, he's not a bad, not a bad take there or not a bad, uh, you know, chance to take as far as the futures go, but he's got to win this one in order to be in that race. Yeah. Got to win this one. Mm-hmm. True. Um, Clay, what was up next for you? Next on the board this week is the highly anticipated Mizzou versus Wyoming matchup. I know y'all have reorganized y'all's schedules around this game. We have. But we're, we're taking Mizzou minus 18 and a half at home against Wyoming. We have uh, the last seven regular season games Mizzou has scored. Just listen at these numbers. They've scored 53, 68, 52, 45, 50, 45, and 48. That was the end of the year last year, and then they scored 51 against UT Martin on Saturday. Drew Locke, obviously a lot of hype around the kid. Saturday went 19 for 25 for 289, four touchdowns, and a QB rating of 225.9. Just oh. almost a perfect game. So we're looking for him to roll. Wyoming just coming off a loss to Washington State at home, 41 to 19. Washington State had a brand new quarterback, his first college start. He's been he's transferred around a couple times. Gardner he was in North, and he's in Northwest. Northwest community. Was he? Yeah. I, I think he played a little bit at ECU and then Alabama and then went to Northwest and then yeah. to Wazoo. But in his first ever college game or, or D1 game last week, he went 38 for 57, 319, and three TDs against that Wyoming defense. Wyoming, they beat a bad New Mexico State team in week one on the road, 29 to 7. So that, that's where we're getting these smaller lines with Wyoming. Vegas might think they're a little better than they are. But this is already Wyoming's third game of the year. They're getting torched on defense. We're just looking at Mizzou to roll. Rolling somewhere around long, a 51 to 20 game here. But 51 to 20, 31 point spread. Last time I checked the math, it covers 18. There it is. There it is. I mean, everybody knows I'm high on Mizzou. Drew so, Locke, any Heisman chances this year? Hey, he has a good game tonight. Play cards right. We'll be keeping an eye on <laughs> I him. I don't think they, they – they probably won't win enough games for him to – No, they won't. No, they won't. No, they but have they, to – they'll, they'll get Georgia at home this year. So, I mean, if he goes off against them at home and with a win – yeah. I mean, the thing is, if he's the real deal, then he'll come into a game like that and, and be the difference maker to, like, either make it close or win a game like that. So, you know, I mean, if he's if he's trying to get – he's trying to be a top five draft pick. You know, torch somebody. He's got the, he's got the schedule to, to, you know, prove it or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. Mike, what's up? Uh, what's up with your next one? Do you have any more? I got one more. Number five, Arizona at Houston. Got Houston's a four and a half point favorite at home. Totals over. The total is seventy one. I'm all over the over. Uh, we got a nice over last week with the Texas Tech Ole Miss game. We're gonna roll again, but we got a little bit. We got to wait a little bit longer on Saturday to make the money. But Arizona, I like this because one, they have a guy named Khalil Tate, and two, they allowed six hundred yards on defense to BYU last week. Um, and not to say that Houston's defense is any better. They allowed 439 yards last week to Rice. Um, Arizona's last 10 of 13 games on the road have hit the over. Um, I do believe Khalil Tate is being paid attention to a lot more this year than any other year. 
I know Houston has a really good – Ed Oliver, really good defensive lineman. Um, running game's going to be – it's got to improve for the scoring to happen. But I think someone, you know, getting shell-shocked week one, I think he's going to have to come in. And obviously he's playing his former Houston. So I think it's going to be a good, good fun game. Cougars are going to win, but I think it's a 42-31 type game. And that's two more points over the 71. Very interesting game between two Heisman dark horses, they would say, Khalil Tate and Ed Oliver. I, I don't really know where to go in this game, so I'll just trust your opinion and put my whole paycheck on it, Mike, but I like the pick. <laughs> Blind trust there. Blind trust. Ride to the abyss. We ride Khalil Tate to the abyss. <laughs> that we do. That yep. we do. So that means we got one more game this week, and I've been saving this one for y'all since I saw the line on Monday. We got the Cincinnati Bearcats plus two and a half at my own Miami, Ohio. But you know mm. what? We don't need them. We're taking Cincinnati straight up in this one. It's <laughs> been four – as of kickoff on Saturday, it will have been 4,729 days since Miami, Ohio beat Cincinnati. That's 12 straight losses to their arch rival. Cincinnati was a 14-and-a-half-point underdog to Chip Kelly's brand-new UCLA Bruins on Saturday night, and they won 26-17. to 17. But not only did they win, Cincinnati, under new coach, second-year coach, Luke Fickle, who used to be the defensive coordinator at the Ohio State University, they had the ball fourth and one on the UCLA one-yard line, up 19-17 to 17 with under two minutes left. The guy had the choice to kick a field goal and allow UCLA – to go down and score to beat him, but instead, this guy showed guts. They went fullback dive, scored the touchdown, put it out of reach, got a big road win. Now they're moving on to play their rival who lost to Marshall. Miami lost – Miami, Ohio, lost at home to Marshall 35-28 last week, and they played touchdown to make it that. It was a 14-point game. So, Cincinnati is getting two and a half. Today I saw it at one because smart money's coming in, but just don't even take that. Get the money line. Let's really get paid. Hit the money line. Money line, baby. I'll blindly go in on that because that's just good research, you know. That's what you get here on Under the Covers. You get a uh, lot of detail. A lot of research. Uh, so that was your last game, Clay. We need a quick Dorch update. How did uh, Dorch do last weekend for, uh, for uh, uh, Wake Forest? No win, though. Wake Forest? <laughs> He had about 125 yards, but I don't believe he scored. But this weekend they're playing Townsend. So as the official Greg Dortch line maker, we will set the uh, over-under at 115 receiving yards, one-and-a-half TDs. He's getting his numbers back this weekend. Welcome to Greg Dortch. Let's do it. Uh, ride ride with Greg Dortch. He's, a, he's our 2019 Heisman. Uh, but anyway, guys, so that's your five picks for Clay and Mike. Uh, let's run through them real quick, uh, just kind of – you know, with the team and what you're what you're taking, the line you're taking. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Five in a row. Bullies, bullies laying nine and a half. Central Michigan laying four. The Tiger High laying six and a half. And Navy, Clemson taking out Texas A&M on eleven. And the over seventy one with Zona and the Cougars. Clay. I got the same Central Michigan and state picks as Mike. We got Georgia, South Carolina under 57 and a half. We have Mizzou 
minus 18 versus Wyoming. And then we got Cincinnati plus two and a half at Miami of Ohio. But like I said earlier, just get your money line and get some value. These Bearcats aren't getting stopped by the Red Hawks. Not a okay. chance. We're going eight and this week. Money line winners right there. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, five good picks uh, from each of you guys. Like you said, let's go eight and this week. Couple crossovers. The game I'm looking for, you know, there's not a lot. Like we said, week two, you kind of lose the luster of those early season, like Chick-fil-A kickoff games. So now you're kind of back to your regularly scheduled uh, out-of-conference schedule um, besides like a Georgia-South Carolina. Even you know, Mississippi State-Kansas, you know, on paper looks looks good, but Kansas State may not be the may not be the team they, they used to be. Um, but that's the game I'm looking to watch, obviously, being a homer, and then uh, probably watch that uh, Clemson A&M game too just because I want to see – I want to see those two QBs for Clemson just against like a, a formidable opponent. I don't think A&M's more than like a six or seven win team, but still like it's a, you know, they're, they're on the road and it's, it's you know, it's, it's a decent test for them. So jealous. You get to wake yeah. up at 9 a.m. to watch that game. <laughs> sure do. As a, guy, as a guy that doesn't like to brag on myself, I would just like to ask if anybody saw what that Auburn line closed at on Saturday afternoon. Any podcast listeners, I told you all if it got down to one, Jump on War Eagle. Where did it close at? One. What did we do? We won. We jumped on them. Don't like to brag. It's not an official bet for podcast stats, but for the loyal listeners out there who like to ride with the winners, I gave them one there. I did say to sprinkle LSU money line. I did. Yeah. Although, I mean, although we're, I did. You better listen to the end <laughs> of the pod for all the picks. <laughs> Catching that Auburn pick from last week. Um, but yeah, guys, so that's a couple games to look forward to, uh, this week. One thing we wanted to, uh, cover real quick was, um, uh, something that I'm going to add to the podcast next week and, uh, is, uh, voicemails. So we got a number that we're going to tweet out, um, that anybody that's listens, you know, friends, whatever family can call in, leave a voicemail, leave a question. It can pertain to the bets. It can pertain to college football. You know, it can be funny. Keep it, keep it somewhat, keep it somewhat clean. Um, so we can use it on the air. Uh, but that number is 662-967-1763. Like I said, we'll tweet it out, so don't worry about it. Um, we'll put it in the bio or the, the info on the podcast, so you can just click the dial or whatever. But we'll, uh, if there's any good ones, we'll put them in there next week and see if we can add them into the bets or whatever. But anything else from you guys? No, nah, man. Let's get Looking it. Looking forward to having a week. Let's go. All right, guys. We appreciate it, Mike and Clay. That's been uh, Under the Covers presented by uh, No Easy Buckets, and we'll be back here same time next week. See ya. That's how we already know when it's here. My dog will probably do it for Louis Bell. That's just all he know. He don't know nothing else. I tried to show him. Yeah. I tried to show him. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger Flame here in sickle mode. This is
deal with all the ice on in the booth At the gate outside, when they pull up, they get me loose Yeah, jump out, boys, that's Nike boys hopping our coast. This shit way too big, when we pull up, give me the loot Was off the Remy, had up at post Had to hit my old town to duck the news Two-four-hour lockdown, we made no moves Now it's 4 a.m. and I'm back up popping with the crew I just landed in, Chase B mixes pop like Jamba Joe's Different color chains, see my jewelry really selling fruits And they choking me, know the crackers wish it was a nose The window retreat, we all in too deep Play, play, play for keeps, don't play us a week The window retreat, we all in too deep Play, play, play for keeps, don't play us a week This shit way too formal, y'all know I don't follow suit Stacy Dash, most of these girls ain't got a clue All of these hoes I made off records I produce I might take all my exes and put them all in a group Hit my essays, I need the booch About to turn this function into Bonnaroo Told her I been, you coming too In the 305, bitches treat me like I'm Uncle Luke Have to slot the top off, it's just a roof She said, where we going? I set the moon We ain't even make it to the room She thought it was the ocean, it's just a boat Now I gotta open, it's just a ghost Who put this shit together, I'm the glue So and said Shorty face, Tommy out the blue So and said Yeah, playin' for keeps So and said, motherfucker, so and said Don't play us for weeks, 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 weeks